We are studying the Gospel of John throughout Lent, and we are especially studying the relationships of Jesus on Fridays. And we read about the relationship Jesus had with Nicodemus in John 3. And whenever we read about the relationship with Nicodemus, we, well, we talk about baptism or faith. But today we're going to talk about love. Because in Jesus' relationship with Nicodemus, he shares these words. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. People search for love in many different places. And so I thought we might search for love in a bag of candy hearts. I, I mean, that seems like as good a place as any to find love. And, and so I thought we'd take a look at some of the uh, love messages that are here. You're cute. You are. You're cute. And love, for many people, is attraction. Uh, it's just this feeling of closeness they get in a relationship with somebody. Uh, maybe you thought your boyfriend was cute the first time that you met him, and, and you feel close to him and attracted, and everything in the relationship was so meaningful until he yelled at you. I, I mean, he yelled at you about something dumb, but he yelled at you. And, and what once seemed so beautiful in the relationship has now become ugly. And you don't know if you love him as you once did. So maybe that one doesn't work. There's got to be another one in here. Let's see. I'm happy. Yes, I am. Uh, I am happy. And, and for a lot of people, love is an emotion. It's about feeling happy and joyful no matter what's going on in their lives. Love is, is this emotional expression. But the reality is we're not always happy. You know, there was a part of you that was really happy with your roommate assignment at the beginning of the year. I mean, you were genuinely happy. You got along, and uh, you are three-fourths of the way through the year, and there's a part of you that thinks if your roommate walks out of the bathroom one more time brushing her teeth and that mess of Colgate and saliva gets on your comforter, you are going to scream because what was once happy is now horrendous. And that doesn't seem to work. Here we go. Do it. <laughs> the bag's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> there are a lot of people that approach love as an affirmation. Do it. Do whatever you want. Do whatever feels good. Do whatever you believe. And maybe you have a teammate that does not share your faith. Uh, that doesn't have that same relationship with Jesus, and there's a part of you that thinks it doesn't really matter. I mean, he's a pretty decent person. She's really nice to everybody, and so long as you're a decent person or you're really nice, we're all going to end up in heaven anyway, and just do it. Yeah, that doesn't really work. Come on, there's got to be one in here that works for us. Good things. Good things. We want good things for other people. Uh, we want them to uh, have health in life. We want them to have success in life. 
You may have a family member right now that's been diagnosed with cancer and, and you're not able to be there by their side, but you want good things and, and you think that love is an intention. It's just intentionally wanting good things for another person. But there's part of that that seems empty. I mean, there's part of you that wants to be able to, to express something deeper, something more. None of those are great descriptions of love. And the Bible tells us that, well, love is not found in a bag of candy hearts. Love is found in a relationship with God. It even goes so far as to tell us that God is love. And the danger of every one of those descriptions we just gave is that it gives us a a false sense of God. There are some people who want to describe love as attraction, that it's just feeling really drawn to somebody else. But if love is really attraction, then we have to believe about God that he needs to be attracted to us. And so maybe we will be tempted to believe that, well, even though there are moments we might yell and treat people bad, there ought to be other moments that uh, we listen and treat them well. And, And so long as we do more good things than bad things, God will be attracted to us. And if you genuinely believe love is an emotion, then you have to be very sensitive to the emotions that God has. And you may find yourself asking whether or not this is a day that God is happy with you because you've done all the right things and you went to chapel and you prayed and and you helped somebody else out, or if this is a day that God is upset with you. Uh, because you cheated on a particular assignment and you gossip behind somebody's back and, and you're just not sure about the emotions that God has. If love is, well, just affirmation, uh, then it doesn't much matter what we believe. I mean, we really don't even need a relationship with God. If God believes that love is affirmation, he doesn't at all care what you do. And you can behave in any way that you want. And if you believe that love is just an intention, if it's desiring the best for another person, uh, then you have a God who wants that for you, that he genuinely wants you to have the best in life and one day get to heaven. It's up to you to make it happen, but he wants it. It, None of those descriptions of love seem to work. It's not an attraction, it's not an emotion, it's not affirmation, it's not an intention. And so rather than looking in the bag, we look in the Bible. And it says to us, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him might not perish but have everlasting life. But we keep reading in the Bible, not just in John 3, but even in Romans 5. And it says God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we keep reading in the Bible, not only in Romans 5, but in 1 John 4. And it says this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the propitiation for our sins. There it is. There it is. It's not an attraction. It is not an emotion. It is not an affirmation. It is not an intention. It is a propitiation. I can't fit that on the heart. How do you put propitiate? Propitiation is is one of those words we read in the Bible, but maybe we don't think about very much. And propitiation is a word that, well, it means appeasement, payment, atonement. 
Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. He did something for us, something that we could not do. He endured a punishment for our sins as he hung there on the cross and was separated from his Father and endured hell for us so that we would be forgiven and get to be with him in heaven. Because love is none of those things we described. Love, by its very nature, is an action. It is something that is done, and it is nowhere more clearly expressed than in the action of Jesus for us. It can't just be an attraction because sometimes we're ugly, but Jesus never was. Jesus was perfectly beautiful. He did all the right things. He didn't sin once. Love can't just be an emotion because ours are all over the place. But whether Jesus was celebrating with his disciples or praying in the garden, he remained passionate about suffering and dying for us. It's not just an affirmation. It's not do whatever you want. Because it was only Jesus who did exactly what needed to be done, who did the will of his Father so that we would be saved. And it is far more than an intention. It is not just wanting good things. It is making them happen by living and dying and rising again for us. Love, by its very nature, is an action. My family and I were invited to audition for the family feud two weeks ago. My father, my sister, my teenage son and daughter, and I went to the San Diego Convention Center with 600 other families who had been invited to audition for the family feud. They put us in a room with 50 other families and told us that we were going to compete against one of them. And all the families in the room were excited to be there. They were trying to outdo each other uh, for the most enthusiastic and and the most loving. I mean, they encouraged each other. They were thrilled. And and sure enough, we were paired with one of these families that was over the top in their enthusiasm. I mean, they were jumping all over each other and cheering. and, And just like you see on the Family Feud... You know, they put our name on a board, and we had to introduce ourselves, and, and you got to buzz in on a question. And the first question was, name something that may or may not exist that people still believe in. And the other family buzzed in and, and said aliens. And that was the number one answer. And they went down the line. They said aliens and the tooth fairy even said God, and all of them were on the board. And they got to the fourth person on their team, named something that may or may not exist, but that people still believe in. And the fourth person on their team said the moon. (laughs) And, and, And our family was huddled up on the other side trying to come up with a good answer, and all five of us at once, huh? The moon? But, you know, what you're supposed to do, good answer, good answer. Could be the worst answer ever. Good answer, you know. And so they're cheering for each other, and they go down, and we have an opportunity to steal, and we do. And, and we go through another round and get the question and answer some of them. And, uh, and after it's all over, this, this woman taps us on the shoulder. And she said, here's my business card. I want you to take it out to the registration table. Um, we do that, and, and they take the card, and they say, we'd like you to wait over in this hallway. And we wait there for a few moments, and then we're invited into this room. We meet the executive producer of The Family Feud and are told that they are seriously considering putting us on television. Uh, We do interviews there on camera. We have some interaction with her, and and we are sent on our way with the assurance that we will hear one way or another in just a few weeks. And as we were making our way out, we ran into the family. 
uh, the family that had been so excited. I mean, they were over the top, more enthusiastic than we were. We ran into that same family and, and walked by them on the way to our car, and all I overheard was one family member say, the moon, how dumb are you? Who says the moon? And what seemed like a family that was entirely loving was anything but, because the actions weren't there, and love is an action, because we have been actively loved by God as he sent his son. We get to actively love each other. That's what Nicodemus desired. As much as we read about baptism, we read about faith, Nicodemus was looking for love because he was a man living under the law. It was all about do this and say the right things and, and make sure you don't mess up. And he wanted love. And so Jesus says to him, for God so loved the world that he sent me. You have it. Something you have never had before. An active love in your life that you get to share with other people. Even the boyfriend who yelled at you. Maybe the boyfriend who's having some problems in his life. Perhaps the boyfriend whose parents are getting a divorce and, and he finds himself yelling about a lot of things. You get to love him by listening to his struggle. Uh, maybe by connecting him with a, one of the care ministers in the residences. By helping him and your roommate. Your roommate who spills Colgate and saliva all over your comforter, you get to love them by forgiving them, no matter what they do, just as you have been forgiven. Uh, And your teammate, the teammate that doesn't believe in Jesus, uh, doesn't think that that's really all that significant, you get to love them by talking about how Jesus is at work in your life, the forgiveness that he has given you, the peace that you have about a relationship with God. And the family member who is struggling with cancer, You get to love them by picking up the phone and praying with them, even when you can't be right by their side, assuring them that Jesus is. Because love, well, love can't be found in a bag. Love is found in the Bible. Uh, And it is far more than just a couple words or a sweet expression. It is the action of Jesus in our lives in his name and for his name's sake.